0: Welcome to episode 23 of the Moms That Lead podcast. Can you believe it's almost that time of year when we are all reminded to be grateful? Yes, I'm going to commit the sin of talking about Thanksgiving before Halloween even arrives. In fact, our next two episodes will focus on gratitude. But don't worry, these two episodes are not my attempt to make you bright side everything. Nor are they going to be a showcase of all the wonderful tricks that I've discovered to help me be more grateful and the stories about how that's impacted my life. In fact, I'm far from where I'd like to be in my practice of gratitude. What these episodes will be are a look at the role that gratitude plays in personal health and leadership, a few ideas for establishing a practice of gratitude for yourself, your family, and in your workplace, and perhaps most importantly, especially if you're listening in 2020, the power and shortcomings of gratitude during difficult times. But before we get into all of that, here's a brief intro. Hey there, are you ready to jump off the hamster wheel and finally listen to that voice inside that says you were meant for more? Are you ready to replace overwhelm with calm and clarity, self-doubt with confidence, and mom guilt with connection? Then you're in the right place, I made this podcast just for you. Welcome to the Moms That Lead podcast, where we know that moms have a unique ability to be world changers, and that leadership is not about position. But instead, just like John Quincy Adams said, if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, then you are a leader. I'm Terry Schmidt, your host and leadership mentor, determined to bring you the inspiration, motivation, and practical tips to help you live your best life. I'm a corporate leader and coach turned nonprofit founder. My family's journey to completing an Ironman triathlon changed my life forever, and I want to be your friend on the journey to gain the clarity, confidence, and connection that I gained from that experience. So if you're ready to ditch mom guilt and activate your strengths, Let's jump in. So let me start with a disclosure. I'm not as good as I'd like to be at the practice of gratitude. Yes, I said practice. Like all of the other habits we talk about in our ground phase of our leadership development path, gratitude needs to be practiced in order to stick. And to be honest, my nature as a problem-solving perfectionist often causes me to focus on what's not working instead of being grateful for what is. Are you like that too? No worries. If you're not where you want to be either with regards to gratitude, let's support each other. That being said, I know both from reading research and from personal experiences that gratitude can be hugely beneficial, both for our personal health and for our effectiveness as a leader. Let's start with the personal side. For health, I know and I've read That if you start off your day by thinking about what you're grateful for, that can really set the emotional tone for the whole day. It can help reduce anxiety, and it can help you to reframe difficult situations. It's funny. I've heard that if you're feeling bad and you force yourself to smile even for a few minutes, that can automatically make you feel better. I wonder if those two are related. But either way, I do know that when I have tried to start gratitude lists or think about a few things that I'm grateful for in the morning, it can get me off to a better start during the day. How about in our relationships? Focusing on finding the good in others, what we sometimes call the other person's spark, really can help you to have positive interactions with that person. I know sometimes it can be quite difficult, especially if it's someone who... Just is not easy to deal with at all. But if you can spend some time thinking about what their strengths are and what is good in them, and maybe what their purpose on this planet is, I've found that that can really help to have a more positive relationship with that person. And finally, being grateful can help you to stay more present. Simply looking for and appreciating positive components of our lives helps us to stay focused on what's currently happening instead of getting stuck in our phones or worrying about the future. That presence in itself can help reduce anxiety. And the calm that it brings is desperately needed in our smartphone culture today. So gratitude definitely has personal health benefits. Now let's look at it from the leadership lens. Of course, the benefit that gratitude brings in your relationships and the fact that it makes you be more present are also going to make you a better leader. But in addition to that, appreciating the good in others can really help with motivation. When you are constantly looking for the skills and strengths and the good that the people on your team can contribute to your organization, that naturally helps you to act in a way that is more motivating for them. In fact, a recent survey by Glassdoor found that 81% of people said that they were more motivated to work harder when their boss showed appreciation for their work, contrasted with only 38% who worked harder when their boss was demanding, and 37% who said that they worked harder just because they feared losing their job. So if you're looking to motivate a team, gratitude and appreciation... Have a place there too. Second, gratitude helps to build trust. When you are continually looking for the strengths of those people that work for you, you're invested in them. And not only that, you're more present and keeping a closer eye on what's happening, so you're more informed. You know what's leading to your team's success, and you know the strengths of each team member, and that helps people to trust you. Now, we've talked in the past about the power of trust as a leader. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to that episode, Head on back and listen about how building trust with those you lead can help you have a much more effective team. So, not that you needed any convincing, but even given just that short list of points about the benefits for your personal health and for your leadership that gratitude can have, it seems that it's worth celebrating the fact that at least we're reminded once a year to up our gratitude practice. So, let's continue by talking about a few strategies that I have found to be effective in helping me to be more intentional with my gratitude practice. Now, again, I am far from perfect in this regard. But here are a few things that have helped at least move me in the right direction. First of all, on the personal side, I just started using a gratitude app called Grateful. And there are a lot of gratitude apps out there that you could use to help remind yourself to be grateful But I really like this one because it has kind of a journaling approach to it. And they give you different prompts every day, like what made you smile today? And you can actually change those prompts and you can even add photos to your answers. So it's simple, flexible, and also allows you to keep a history of the things that you're thankful for. So I really like that app and I'm going to work hard, especially in this month, to try to reestablish my practice of daily gratitude. Now on the family side, in helping our family to engage in gratitude, especially during the month of November, one of my favorite traditions of all time is our Thanksgiving tree. And I got this idea about nine years ago when I was surfing the web looking for Thanksgiving ideas. But what I love about it is its simplicity in the way that it gathers what we're thankful for over the years. So all you need to do is get a pot. You can fill it either with dirt or we just like to fill it with one of those foam balls that they use in floral shops. Cover that with some rocks and go out in your yard and get a stick that kind of looks like a tree. Then you cut out paper leaves, cut out some string to hang them with, and have them available for people to write what they're thankful for that year. And so what we do is for each leaf, anytime you're passing by the table, if there's something that you're thankful for that day, you write that down on one side of the leaf, and on the other side of the leaf, you write your name and the year. And since we've been doing this for about seven or eight, eight years, every time we bring out the tree, we also have the leaves from prior years. And just like it's fun to look at Christmas ornaments and tell stories about when you got that Christmas ornament, this Thanksgiving tree is a great way to look at what we've been thankful for over the years. And not only that, we also invite any guests at our house to write down what they're thankful for. So it's a way to bring both our family and friends together in a spirit of gratitude that lasts over the years. I'll post some pictures of our Thanksgiving tree this week so you can see what I'm talking about. But like I said, it's one of my favorite traditions, very simple, very inexpensive, and it makes the practice of gratitude extra fun. So an idea for work. First of all, When you're showing gratitude to your team, it's not just enough to say, thank you for being a great employee. The gratitude and appreciation you show really needs to be specific to the person, needs to be timely, should happen right after whatever you're grateful for, and personalized. Some people like to be recognized in front of other people, and other people would prefer just a handwritten note. Make sure you know the way that someone likes to be appreciated and likes to have gratitude shown toward them. And that way, you will get the most out of that expression of gratitude in terms of the trust building and relationship building that we were talking about. Another way that gratitude came into my work practices, particularly when I was leading a team in the corporate world, was through appreciative inquiry. Now, if you're not familiar with appreciative inquiry, it really focuses on building on what's working instead of always looking for the gaps or the problems. So for example, whenever our team was doing strategic planning sessions, instead of doing a SWOT analysis, and if you're not familiar with SWOT analyses, it stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, we would do a SOAR analysis, which stands for strengths, opportunities, aspirations, and results. Basically, the difference is instead of looking at the gaps, we would look at what had worked in the past and what we were hoping for in the future and then try to connect how we could use the positive components and positive aspects of the team to help us get closer to the dreams that we had for the team. Now, some people talk against appreciative inquiry because they say that basically, you are disregarding anything negative and you're not looking at the problems. But in fact, appreciative inquiry didn't keep us from acknowledging the things that needed to change. Instead, they made us more aware of what was working and drove us to try to have more of that in our lives. Now I could talk a lot longer about this, but I really wanna hone in on that point. Gratitude is not about saying that everything is working, that everything is perfect that we really need to just ignore the problems in our life. But instead, it's about highlighting those things that are going well, so that we can have the positive energy we need to tackle the things that are not going well in as positive a way as possible. And talking about that really gets me into some of the pitfalls or the shortcomings of gratitude. Because let's face it, practicing gratitude is pretty popular these days. And because of that, sometimes people can shame people who are expressing something that they're not happy about. The fact of the matter is, as humans, we need to acknowledge and be present with all of our emotions. So gratitude should never be a way to stuff other emotions. What that means is to ignore the emotions that we're feeling about something and to push them down deep inside because I don't know about you, but when I do that, they're going to come out in probably the most inopportune times anyway. So being a grateful person doesn't mean that you never have any negative emotions. It also doesn't mean that when we're consoling someone else who is going through a hard time, that we can comfort them by reminding them what they should be thankful for. You know, oh, I'm sorry that your cat died, but at least you still have a dog. Really, anytime you hear yourself saying at least when you're trying to comfort someone, you're probably giving gratitude a bad name. And it's not being helpful. It's not helping the person to process the negative emotions that they're feeling so that they can truly appreciate the good things that are going on in their life. So gratitude should not be used in that way. Secondly, and this is one that I've faced particularly during the pandemic, Gratitude should not be used as an excuse to not truly feel your suffering or allow other people to feel theirs kind of similar to what I was just talking about, but this is what Brene Brown calls comparative suffering. You can hear her talk more about it in her March 27th episode of the Unlocking Us podcast. Basically, the way I experienced comparative suffering was when I was trying to get my kids to understand that them missing their sports practice was not a reason to be upset because there were people dying from the coronavirus. But the fact of the matter is, that was a hard experience for them. That was a loss for them. And instead of trying to use gratitude to tell them that they should just be thankful for what they have, I should have acknowledged that they were hurting and helped them process through those emotions. I love what Brene says when she says, the refugee in Syria doesn't benefit more if you can serve your kindness for her and withhold it from your neighbor who's going through a divorce. So basically, we can comfort all different kinds of losses and suffering, and there's still plenty of comfort to go around. So gratitude should not be used to reinforce what she calls comparative suffering. So again, gratitude can be a very powerful tool for our health personally, for our family culture, and for the performance of our teams that we lead at work but we have to make sure that we avoid the pitfalls of gratitude and use it in an appropriate way. During this season, I hope you'll join me in trying to harness the power of authentic gratitude while learning to be present to all of our emotions. That will make us the strong leaders that our communities so desperately need, especially at this time. I hope you'll join us next week. Hilda Granigo of Wish is my guest And she brings a really unique perspective on leadership gratitude and especially expressing gratitude when you're going through difficult times. Blue Wish, which grants wishes to women who are facing cancer, heart disease, domestic violence, and other difficult situations. So she really has a lot of experience and a unique perspective on how gratitude can be possible and powerful in those situations. I hope you'll join me with that. Here's to a month of authentic gratitude. I look forward to talking to you again next week. Until next time, lead with love.